The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all of the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. A stranger and you welcomed me. Naked and you clothed me. Ill and you cared for me. In prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, Whatever you did for the one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill, and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked, or ill or in prison, and not minister to your needs? He will answer them. Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for the one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, before we dive into the readings, I, ha I had a crazy idea. You know, during these uh, gloomy times, 
I was thinking about our, our beautiful campus here, you know, the, the church, the rectory, and the hall. We're in a beautiful place in Portola, aren't we? Everybody sees the church when they drive over that bridge. So I thought, let's go big this year. And I want to deck out this whole place with Christmas lights. huh? And I want this place to be the center of the Christmas spirit in town. And so I've already, if you notice, the, I want to light the whole entire hall up there too as well. So, of course, we didn't budget for Christmas lights, and Christmas lights are expensive. And so if you're willing, if you could throw in a little bit more, if you want to be part of this project, we're going to deck out this whole place with lights. I want this, people to drive over that bridge and be like, whoa, I've never seen that before. And so I want this to be the center of life in Portola during this Christmas season. And so if you're willing, Christmas lights are crazy expensive. I was at Home Depot and I bought the first set, and it's, uh, it's the most expensive set I can find. And so, and so I want to deck it out. I already got commitment. I got a some parishioners already said they, they love the idea, especially now. I think, I think we need to live our faith more boldly. And so if you're willing, if you add a little bit more to the collection basket today, we'll go to the Christmas fund, and we're going to uh, deck out this whole place. So one day, it'll be all dark, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's going to light up. And that'll be thanks to you. So that's my little plan. I had an idea yesterday. We began the project yesterday, thanks to the help of many volunteers. So, so. Uh, no, because I want a uniform. Okay. Uniform, so that way you can see it. Like, so appraisal. He asked if we can do it older lights, but I want it all uniform, so that way it's even more spectacular. Go big, go home. <laughs> it's Jesus' birthday. We're going to go big. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I've been with you now for about over four years. It's been a, it's been a, I, I love serving you as your priest, by the way. If you don't know if you recall, if you were here for over four years ago when I first arrived, I remember our first homily that I said to you. I remember it. The first thing out of my mouth that you heard from me in my homily was that I love being Catholic. That was the first thing out of my mouth in my first homily to you for over four and a half years ago. Because as a priest now, we have a great honor and privilege to preach to you Jesus Christ, to give you the sacraments, and to serve you in the model of Jesus Christ, our true high shepherd. We exist for our people. And this is what has been so distressing all across the world now. As, as the second wave of coronavirus is hitting hitting our planet, whole nations shut down, entire churches, and when we see in Sacramento, especially curfews, lockdowns of, of, of indoor church services, and I, and I speak to many priests all throughout the country, and what's hurting for us as your shepherd who are ordained to serve you is that we can't anymore, we're, we're hampered by it. In order to understand the weight that we feel as your shepherds, again, United States and all across the world, for any good priest who longs to serve their people, so we must first understand what we see as the Mass is. What is the Mass? At every single altar, the commandment of Jesus Christ at the Last Supper to his first priests. He says, do this. I've laid out the, the form and the format for you to do when I leave you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Now, every single Mass, that's what happens. We, we represent the Last Supper. And not, not only in a mimicking fashion, but rather the theology and from the very beginning is that at every single Mass, we are present at the Last Supper. We are present at, on Calvary. It's an eternal event. And even more so, at every single Mass, the Eucharist is made present and it is not a symbol. It is Christ himself who gives himself to his people again new, truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity is what we say. So it is Christ himself. And as priests, we exist to give you this divine life. So first, penetrate that mystery. And now you'll begin to see why This whole lockdown all throughout the world is devastating. I think of the heroic witness. In the year 303, the emperor at that time, the Roman emperor, was a man by the name of Diocletian. He launches a devastating persecution against us. Confiscates our sacred texts, our scriptures, to burn. He outlaws the gathering of mass to the plain of death. In the year 303, 49 Christians would gather in the city of Carthage, which is in now modern-day Tunisia. They gather into a private home of a man by the name of Octavius Felix. Roman soldiers burst in, arrest everybody. They drag them back to Carthage, and in front of the proconsul, the governor of that region, in front of them, interrogation, he says to them, do you have any possession of sacred scripture? And he says, no, because they had burned it before, and he said, the scripture is in our hearts, they said. He says, okay. Then why do you gather when we told you not to? Octavius responds, Sine Domenico non possumus. Without the Holy Mass, we cannot live. Executed in that spot. Or I think of in 1927, a little more recent, the then president of Mexico City, vehemently anti Catholic by the name of Plutarco Elias Calles, shuts down our churches again, boards it up with soldiers. Hundreds of thousands of us rise up. What's known as the Cristero War, which, by the way, they will not teach you this in Mexico. They conveniently leave that part of history out. They murdered thousands of us. And we rose up, and we screamed out in that beautiful rallying cry, Viva Cristo Rey! Long live Christ the King! Or think of something even more recent, 2007. The beautiful witness of a priest by the name of Raghid Ghani. Father Raghid. He returns to his home country in Iraq. Mosul, 
Do you remember what was happening in 2007? ISIS was running rampages all throughout that country. They shut down our churches. 2007, Father Rockheed was leaving his parish church, confronted by a group of ISIS members. And they told him, Father, we told you to close down this church. What if Father Rockheed said, again, he's standing in front of ISIS with their, with their vests, their beards, and their AK-47. Father Rockheed, standing there, says, How can I close the house of God? Dead on that spot. Do you see now why in every age Christians laid their lives down for the beauty of the Mass? Because it is Jesus Christ himself. And now, do you understand, begin to understand the great pain that, that as priests that we have, we're forcibly shut down because we can't give life. And so the question now became, especially when I was, when I was praying, I was like, what are we going to do? Because right now, praise the Lord, we're, we're, not, we're not in a restrictive shutdown here yet. But how are we to, to proceed? How are we to, to do this? And then I get a text message from a parishioner. With her permission, I, I asked her if I can read this text that I got. Knowing this looming threat that, that seems to be sweeping our, our nation. She sends me this text. If the church would not have been open when I was drowning in mortal sin, and the sacraments not available the next option for me would have been suicide. I would be so lost if our church and the sacraments were not here. They are my lifeline. And I'm trying to stay afloat. The moment I got that, I said the option is clear. We will keep going. We will keep going as long as possible. Because here, I'm not being flippant about the rules and regulations. COVID's a real thing. It's a dangerous thing. And we've abided by all of the rules and regulations. That's why mass has been simplified. If you notice, we don't sing as much as we should. We don't respond. We have for social distance. We wear the masks. I do everything I can here. And already, people don't have to come to Mass already. So those who feel that they're, they are more susceptible, the, the requirement to come to Mass has been released for now. And so we're all utterly free. And so we've abided by all the rules and regulations, and this place is safe. Just as safe as any mall, any casino, any grocery store, Because what we have here is life. And the reason why our Lord here is so emphatic, notice now, as we return to the heart of the gospel today, 
Our Lord is here speaking about the end and how he will separate the goats from the sheep. You know what's the sheep, of course, go to heaven and the goats, they go to hell. Hell is a real thing. It is not a literary device, my brothers and sisters. Don't, 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 don't be fooled if anyone tells you hell is not a real place. No, people go there. People willingly choose it. It's a real thing. Our Lord himself is emphatic about it. And he says what, what, allow, what, what allows people to go to either place, what separates the two sheep from the goat. If you notice this, and any farmer will tell you, you know the beautiful thing about sheep? I mean, they're, they're nice and cuddly and want to pet them. They're, they're nice. But the beautiful thing about sheep is that sheep are obedient. Sheep listen to the shepherd, to his voice, and they're led by him. Goats, you try herding a goat? Goats are stubborn. Goats rebel. Goats eat your shoes. You know, goats do everything wrong. And so what the heart of it, and every first century hearer and farmer, Megan, he's speaking to an agrarian culture here, they would have understood. Those that go to heaven, those that go to hell, what separates them is that they listen to the voice of the shepherd and they follow his commandments. And as Christians, we are called to serve. And in particular, as priests, I am called to lay down my life for you. If the Mass was not open, how could I tell this parishioner, if the churches were closed and had no access to her, I'd be doing a funeral. And if her, and if her family came to me, Father, she would be alive if the churches were open. How can the churches be closed when I can go to Leonard's? I have no good answer for that. And so if my duty then is to lay down my life for my sheep and to give life through the sacraments, I cannot do anything else. And so my brothers and sisters, as we, of course, now embark upon what's going to be predictably a tough few weeks, if not a few months, we're going to keep the Mass going as long as possible. Because we need Jesus Christ now more than ever, not less. We need to be on our knees praying more, not less. We need to be laying down our lives in service to the other more, not less. It is then when we finally do that, we become true sheep. And when the end comes and we stand before judgment before God, we will stand before him and say, Lord, when you were naked, I clothed you. Hungry, I fed you. In need, and I served you. Ill, imprisoned, and I visited you. Do you see now why we must keep going? Because we cannot do anything else. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.